As a thankful recipient of many, many skincare products over the years, I've learned to discern what is naturally actually activating my skin to rebalance and recalibrate on its own. That's what your skin is meant to be doing, and it keeps getting disrupted by all these choices that we make. So, when the founder and creator of Herbal Face Food reached out to me, I was all ears. I didn't know why at first. It turns out that Herbal Face Food is the most potent antioxidant skincare line on the market today, period. The raw plant ingredients in each of their products are never processed, never manipulated with synthetics or emulsifiers. These anti-aging botanicals are combined with the most precious plant concentrates, and they have changed my skin. Here's how. I'm going to talk about two of the products, the Herbal Face Food Serums and the Cream. The serums contain powerful phytoenzymes and antioxidants. These are activated and infused into your tissues. They hydrate and increase the resiliency of your skin, and they feel like they're plumping up your face. I use Serum 1 daily. I use Serum 2 when I'm tired and I need extra firming for my skin. And I use the X, which is also known as the Cure, for a small patch of rosacea that flares up every now and again, which you cannot see because of these products. When you feed your skin with herbal face food, you will feel real live ingredients at work. An activating flush, an invigorating tingle, some warmth, all of these are evidence of your skin healing at the cellular level and years of damage reversing. The cream is the most potent moisturizer I've ever tried, and I've tried them all. I live in the high desert. This cream contains 102 of the world's most powerful anti-aging botanicals and is also the world's first and only edible SPF <laughs> with a protection rating of SPF 50+. Plus. And this is accomplished 100% by plant power. And you can expect intense hydration, soothing for your tired skin. You can expect to see inflammation calmed and rebuilding of elasticity so your complexion looks and feels more smooth, and more radiant. Herbal face food is not plant-based. It's plant-powered. It has the highest rating on the ORAC anti-aging scale. ORAC means oxygen radical absorbance capacity. I never knew what that meant before. Highest, over 30 million on that scale. By contrast, vitamin C in skincare rates under 100,000. Herbal face food is using all post-consumer recycled materials and packaging. They use glass and aluminum, which is super easy to recycle as well. The products and packaging are 99% free of plastics. They contain no ingredients that involve the destruction or harm of any plant, animal, or marine life. These are 100% plants only, these products. These active concentrates are coming from the seeds, the fruits, the leaves, or the flowers of the plants only. These products have been a complete revolution for me. I know that you will love the way your skin looks and feels after using it even for just a day or two. And the best part is that Herbal Face Food has offered us, you, my community, a code to receive 20% off forever, ever. The code is capital E-L-E-N-A 20. Once again, that's my name in all caps, ELENA2020. The site is herbalfacefood.com. The code is all caps ELENA20. It's not just your first purchase, it's any purchase. You will love these products, and I am so grateful 
herbal face food for the change that you have made in my life. Thank you. Welcome to the Practice You podcast. My name is Elena Brower. Let's dive into today's conversation regarding life's myriad transitions and how we refine our responses in our relationships, our wellness, our households, our work, and in our practices. You are invited to learn and love and listen with me. Welcome to Practice You. Welcome back to the podcast. I have with me a dear new friend whom I met in the backstage when Diego Perez, Young Pueblo, and I did our presentation at the 92nd Street Y in New York. Mikel Clark, welcome. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here. I am just so happy that we finally did it. You are a very special sort of human who empowers entrepreneurs and leaders. You are working in spaces where your work is truly needed. You help these folks release uh, self-limiting beliefs. You help them actualize their full potential. You write to affirm and motivate people. Your social media feed is one of my favorite and first places to go if I am feeling lost on those days. You've built a community of over 600,000 plus plus human beings across Instagram and Twitter. And your deep investment is to build community. And you're doing it. And I knew that before I knew any of your social media feeds. I met you I took one look at you, I shook your hand, and then we hugged, and I knew that something was up with you. In the summer of 2020, you and your wife, Duanisha, am I saying her name right? Duanisha, thanks for asking. Duanisha, such a beautiful name. Uh, you founded an agency called the Creative Summer Company, which leverages strategy, content, design, and research to empower mission-consistent, Black-owned, and Black-facing brands and businesses. I'm so honored to have you here. I'm really happy to talk about your trajectory and your work and your mission. And thank you so much for coming in. Thank you so much for having me and for seeing me the way that you do. It means a lot to hear what people who I admire and respect think of me and the work that I do. And so I deeply appreciate that. Mm. I knew it right away. It was like instant. Tell me a little bit about how you've built this community. I mean, I know because I'm watching very carefully, but I would like for our listener to understand a little more about the magnificence and the simplicity of what it is that you do. For sure. I would say that before I knew I was building a community, I was just speaking from the heart and a lot of my writing has consistently wrestled with difficult and complex feelings. And I have always sought to give myself grace as I write through what I experience. And as I shared this writing on social media, at first it was just occasional, but it became more consistent. The 
process by which I would write these things and share them on social media, it led to me connecting more deeply with people that I already knew. I felt like the vulnerability became a bridge of sorts to allow me to connect more deeply with people who I knew on a surface level, but hadn't gotten deep with yet per se. And so it sparked new conversations in real life. And then as I began to share even more consistently, I found myself meeting more people who were saying, oh, you're talking about your experiences, but this relates to what I'm going through as well. And so this community, the foundation for the community that I've built came by virtue of this vulnerability of me not having a plan, um, be it a content plan, a business plan, really any plan outside of speaking honestly. And when I realized that this sort of writing felt like it was at the intersection of my passions um, and that I wanted to understand myself and feel understood, you can write about anything and you can build community, you can build business, you can build essentially a life rooted in whatever your areas of interest are. This was mine. At this point, it's been a five plus year journey of continuing to learn myself and to learn more about the community that I've grown into serving. Mm. So interesting, the way in which your vulnerability on social media has managed to deepen the connections that you make in real life. That is really fun to think about and really a twist from the usual narrative. Social media is such a bad, you know, uh, separator of humanity, but really sometimes it can be used for such good. And I'm happy to hear that that's how it's been going for you. Thank you. It can always be what you make it. We just have more possibilities than ever before with regard to how we connect with each other. And so Mm -hmm. that's all it is. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. And when you say that you're sort of writing at the intersection of all of your passions, I would like to flesh out a little bit more what all of those passions are, because it seems like you're doing very, very important work for the Black community. And I would like to understand that a little bit more fully. For sure. Um, I think that my passions have been shaped by my experiences and um, to a certain extent, my imagination. I grew up very curious about all the people around me in a way that wasn't always supported by other people in my life. I grew up in a culture where It was very apparent when somebody was in good standing with the community around them and other people were not. And at the church that I went to, you saw all different types of people from people who were wealthy to people who were poor. And um, we were all just kids. We were figuring things out and we understood each other. But when our parents came into the picture, our interactions were different because of how they may or may not get along. So from a very early age, I was aware that I was drawn towards figuring out the things that I had in common with all different types of people, which went against what a lot of other people in my life decided to do, for better or for worse. And so a big interest and or passion of mine, which also could be a belief, is the exploration of the assertion that we all have more in common than we think we do. And uh, I've grown to believe that vulnerability is the bridge towards us figuring that out. And then I majored in sociology, which it gave me more of a lens into the science behind what I believe. And um, it just kind of expanded my worldview in that way. 
I'm also just very curious about culture and creativity. I follow all different types of writers and artists of all different forms. I really enjoy learning about different people from different parts of the world and whatever sort of creative venture they choose to share. Um, I think it's all inspirational. I don't limit myself to, you know, only looking at people who are writing about things that I write about or um, even things that I would be naturally interested in. You write about fencing and tell a great story. I'm there. You talk about kitty litter. I'm probably tuned in at some point. And, um, <laughs> it just, just Fencing. Yeah. Looking at threads, um, looking to understand, maybe even applying some things to my life. And I think I would say the third, a passion that is probably less apparent in my current iteration of work is hip hop. I think hip hop is mm. one of the greatest storytelling vehicles to ever exist, especially when it comes to making space for stories from different types of disenfranchised people to make its yeah. way to um, inner stage. And so I've always loved listening to artists and hearing them talk about their lives in ways that relate to more than people who are from the part of the world that they're from, more than people who have experienced what they experienced directly. I think rappers do a great job of tapping into their emotions. And um, I think we can all relate to that. Mm. It's really wild that you just brought that up, putting a bookmark there. Your curiosity and eagerness to find commonality no matter what anyone's social standing happened to be is something that we definitely share as kids when I was a kid I remember that I remember wanting to make sure that I was friends with everybody I didn't want to shut somebody down because my parents weren't interested or because my teacher said you shouldn't be friends with that person mm -hmm. I was like all right well then fuck you I'm gonna be friends with that person because that person has something to share with me. That person has information that I don't have. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I love that we have that in common. That's really funny. It, it almost felt like a rebellion just to say. Uh, yes, it, 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 exactly I, right. If I end up falling out with somebody and we're not friends, cool. But your enemy or the person you push away doesn't have to be the same person to me. Like I have that option. Yeah, yeah. And I'm going to make my own decisions. Thank you very much. Yeah. I got eyes and ears. About and people. But the hip hop thing, when I think about the number of times, the number of hours, the hard drive in my brain, the number of lyrics that I have that I never actually really truly understood the meaning until 2020. Mm. I'm not going to say that I'm embarrassed anymore, that I didn't understand. I just didn't understand until then. But now I understand, and hip-hop is such a part of my body. Hmm. I grew up in Long Island, and I grew up on, on hip-hop, period. I mean, there was a little bit of alternative rock in there for a certain period of time, W-L-I-R for any Long Islanders. But I was deep in hip-hop, and I have it all in my body. Like I said, De La Soul is uh, the first thing that comes to mind, thinking about that, obviously tribe in college, and not understanding what I was saying, not knowing what the words, the lyrics meant, not understanding that people were suffering in this prison industrial complex, and I had no idea what I was saying. So I want to thank you for bringing that up, because I do think that's a huge part of at least our generation. That's a huge part of our lexicon that we don't honor enough. 
For sure, for sure. I, I don't think I knew that you were a hip hop fan as well, so that's good to know. I was more of a more of a tribe guy myself, but love De La Soul. Yes. Yeah. That's <sighs> I mean both, both. Yeah. Equal. But there's a interview that I did with Jeff Burroughs here on the Practice You podcast from a while back. He's now the head of Def Jam. And we go into it pretty deeply. He was there the night that Biggie was killed. And um, that next morning, I happened to be in L.A. and I was driving on the freeway and I had to pull over and cry. Like, what on earth? Why is he gone? Why is Tupac gone? I mean, this is totally tangential, but we know they didn't kill each other. For sure. For sure. (laughs) It's so silly. It's so silly. Such a loss. Anyway. Shaped by so many forces, you and Juanisha have now created this agency, Creative Summer Company. I would love to hear about this, and I think our listener would love to learn a little bit more about how you're supporting. For sure, for sure. So Juanisha had been doing all sorts of brand work on her own for different types of people she came into contact with. She has a very lengthy and successful history um, working in education. Um, And so she had already been taking on client work. I had been, you know, working here and there with different social media clients on my own as well. But we each had about a decade of deep experience. And we, in many ways, have become the people that, even if we weren't looking to take on clients at the moment, our friends would always kind of direct people to us. And so that avenue was always available to us individually. And um, in 2020, the year that we all spent too much time at home, um, I also left my job. And we both experienced significant financial shifts and just a deeper understanding of what had to be true when it comes to how we work and the work that we do. And so... um, I'm glad that we, of course, had had at that point almost three years to get to know each other. I wouldn't have wanted to enter into that sort of partnership with her had we not gotten to know each other more deeply on a very personal level, not even just romantically, but platonically. But we had built that foundation. We knew the values that drove each of us to do the work that we do. And it made sense. We... um Took on our first client before we had a name for our agency, <laughs> but we took Love on a client who um, is pretty prominent in media and um, helped her to flesh out her brand identity, helped her to build a social media strategy, redid her website and everything else. And once we turned on that faucet, it just really didn't turn off. It hasn't turned off since. And so we sat and decided to go ahead and build it out and to make it a thing quote-unquote, publicly, we built the identity. We chose the creative summer because we wanted it to feel like summer camp, where you both get to learn, but you also have fun. You meet people, you explore, and when it feels like play, and you learn some things while you play. We've always tried to not make things needlessly formal, to still give people structure. I mean, of course, the information and assets that they need to succeed, but we don't look to overly formalize our work We don't look to kind of like preach to people as opposed to inform and empower them as we continue to learn. And so that's always been a driving principle in the work that we do. But um, we got a Webby nomination in our first year of work together. 
Uh, what? Yeah, it's been wow. it's been a real blessing in a lot of different ways. And so, uh, wow. yeah, that is the Creative Summer Company. We're in the middle of reshaping a lot of things right now as to how we work. And so I'm excited for what will be this year and in years to come. Thank you, Element, for sponsoring the Practice You podcast. We have been personally using Element for well over a year. Element is spelled L-M-N-T. Elemental electrolyte salts that have completely changed the game around my house. Every night before bed, James and I split a packet. Helps us sleep, helps us get good solid rest, and helps combat fatigue, muscle pain, fogginess, irritability even. Did you know that your cells need electrolytes for optimal function? And if you're struggling with any of those things, you might just be deficient in electrolytes. They facilitate hundreds of cellular functions in your body, including nerves, hormone regulation, nutrient absorption, fluid balance. Element contains 1,000 milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams of potassium, and 60 milligrams of magnesium. No artificial anything in here, no sugar, no nothing. My favorite flavors, as I said, orange watermelon and the chocolate caramel in hot water is just incredible. Element comes in tiny single-serving packets you can carry with you wherever you go. They're great on planes as well. With my link, you get a free sample pack with any order so that you can try all the flavors. And that link is drinkelement.com forward slash Elena. The spelling is D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T dot com forward slash Elena. Thank you. Thank you so much again, Element. Again, the link, drinkelement.com forward slash Elena. Wow. Tell me, what was your work prior to the pandemic when you quit? I'm so curious. Prior to the pandemic, I was a social media specialist. So I did research, copywriting, and social media posting and management for the National Museum of African American History and Culture. So a Smithsonian Museum. I was there for about a year. It was easily one of the coolest and just most enriching opportunities of my professional career. It was on the National Mall, and so you're literally walking past history. And I took a a golden-colored elevator (laughs) up to the office every day. Truly a beautiful experience, and I learned so much there. I was only there for a year. But before that, I was freelancing as a content creator, journalist, strategist, all the things, uh, everything kind of in my creative wheelhouse. And um, before that, I was a test prep instructor and a territory manager for a SIT, ACT prep company. Um, That was my first job out of college. Wow. It's funny you're younger than you feel to me. (laughs) I'll take that. That means, yeah, yeah, you can take that. That's a high compliment. So now in this present day iteration, Creative Summer Company, tell us about who you're serving now, how it works, just in case our listener might be interested in finding out more and possibly soliciting your services. Sure thing. I appreciate that. So we currently, all our work is directed towards serving um, a nonprofit client. We are working with Educational Leaders of Color, which is a fantastic organization that works to reduce educational inequity and to empower future generations of different types of 
underserved communities to help them to get what they deserve as it pertains to education with the hope that they will also be able to get what they deserve from life. And so we manage social media for them. Uh, we launched their Instagram presence last year. Sorry, two years ago now. And we are their thought partners and executors when it comes to social media and a few different things in their wheelhouse. Outside of that, we are actually slowing down for a bit. We really just value being intentional with every step. And so part of that work with being intentional with every step looks like saying, hey, I'm not burnt out yet, but I could be. And so I'm going to step away for a bit from taking on new clients. And so we're taking that intentional step back to make sure that when we do reemerge and take on new clients, we can do so from a space of just wellness and um, excitement. Um, we want to be able to ha truly have excitement for and deep vested interest in every client. And sometimes when you are raising a toddler and <laughs> working multiple... Uh, I was just going to say. Yeah. Just in life. You got to take a little step back. And so we're glad we're yeah. in space to do that. It's such a lucky thing that you have the vision and insight and capacity to take a step back and just hang with the kid because that's something that not a lot of people have the will or the freedom to do. Very important. Yeah, it's definitely a blessing. And to be clear, we'll still be working just on, on different things, um, but a privilege yeah, nonetheless and one that we're excited to take. Yeah, yeah, that's wonderful. If you could name the most kind of inspiring Black artist for you right now on the scene, and it can be a few. Um, I would love to just hear who you're moved by. That's a great question. And I feel like I, I rarely zoom out to be like, these are the people who inspire me the most. And so it's oftentimes a matter of um, starting to parse through everyone who I learn from and study. I have so many mentors in my head. You know, I, I watch how they operate and learn from what I see in public. I think Kendrick Lamar comes to mind. Totally. Yeah. I think I love the direction he shows for his most recent album. He actually talked about it when he got an award recently for it, but he talked about how he stepped away from his pursuit of perfection. And you really feel that throughout the album. He's talking about deep-seated trauma. He's talking about things that people oftentimes don't talk about for fear of pushback. Like there are these inconvenient truths to all of our lives that many of us just skip over because it could be perceived a certain way. So he talks about harmful things he's done. He talks about big mistakes he's made. He talks about generational trauma and does so not from the vantage point of someone having figured it out, but from the vantage point of somebody who is still working through it and is still affected by it and is saying, I'm not afraid to talk about it while it's still a work in progress, which to me uh, feels really beautiful. But yeah. Yeah, I have to agree on that. He's so talented. It feels so natural coming from him. Mm -hmm. His latest work just feels very um, fluid. He feels very fluent in his own being, if that makes sense. Absolutely. You can tell he's taking yeah, the time so to to really talk to his shadow side, to really understand himself, to be able to make it sound so fluent. Mm -hmm. you know, I, I yeah, definitely. that feels right. Yeah, I admire that. I also still, um, I admire and appreciate Alex L., um, our mutual friend. Um, 
I am still thinking about what I read from How We Heal, her latest book, when she just talked about a lot of things she had to work through, things she inherited, um, how her own pride and deep wounds kind of came into the picture and shaped her interaction with people. I love the way she frames that process of going back and seeing different versions of yourself as a means to understanding yourself in the present. And so, um, you know, when I wasn't reading the book to ask her questions directly, I felt like I learned so much about her lens on the world. And in a way where it didn't feel like I was being preached to, the book itself feels like you're talking to a friend. Which I think. Yeah, I like that about that book. Yeah. The, it does feel like that. It feels like she's reaching out her hand to you mm-hmm. and saying, here, come. Yeah. And hold my hand for a second and just read through this. You're good. Read through this and think about this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So nice. What a sweet treat to talk to you. I feel like I've just downshifted like four gears and I'm sitting so deeply in my body right now. Is there anything else that you feel called to share with our listener today about what's important to you, what's important to you and Dwanisha as a couple, as a family, as parents, as a creator? I think one thing that has been the theme of my life as a somewhat new father is the need to understand my own emotions. Um, It's something that I've been reckoning with really since before I even knew I'd be a father, but it's become even more important now that I am a father. And so I've been engaged in this process that I chose where I know how much of an influence I have on Ada's life every day. I am one of two people she's known for her entire life. I caught her when my wife gave birth. And so with that knowledge and understanding, it has pushed me to become so much more aware of myself and the way that I show up in that I know that the things that I don't heal, I will pass on to her. It's not an assumption, it's the truth. Um, I'm Guaranteed. One, yeah, I'm one of her <laughs> biggest influences. And so I'm not just healing and understanding myself for myself anymore or for my wife. I, of course, want to be as good to her as I can be. But, you know, I met her when she was 27. I met Ada at birth. And so understanding the responsibility that I have as a parent of a Black girl means that I owe it to myself to dig that much deeper. And so I've been doing (laughs) the more difficult and revelatory forms of individual therapy. I've been in the couples therapy. I've been a lot more specific with my boundaries and time blocking and just the way that I live my life. And the interesting thing, Elena, is I had planned for the first three years at least of Ada's life to really be a necessary kind of downshift in the way that I was able to impact the world with what I do professionally and creatively. You know, I said, well, I mean, that's just the way it's going to be. I will have less time. I will have less energy for things that are not within the walls of our home, where it's my wife, it is my daughter and me. And so I had planned to slow down in a very intentional way. 
And um, the really interesting thing is that I slowed down. I got more intentional in my personal life. And I feel like I've become more aware of self in the process. And I spend less time working now than I ever have as an adult. And I feel like I've seen more breakthroughs in new opportunities, new aligned relationships, and um, just so much more of what I desperately wanted before I knew I was going to be a father, despite me working less, despite me putting off a lot of professional obligations. And so that's just been a really revelatory experience for me. And I think it's grounded me in understanding the value of slowing down and being intentional in a way that I will hold on to for the rest of my life. It's interesting. I just want to celebrate and acknowledge that for a moment, that you're working less and feeling more uh, available creatively. Yeah. I think that's a huge key. I spent most of the month of January in a Zen center meditating, six days of which were completely in silence and worked less than I ever have, but so focused. You know, it was like 45 minutes a day is all I had. Mm-hmm. And I was taking care of my body and I was doing all the things that I really needed to do in order to be sitting for seven, eight hours a day and found so many creative breakthroughs. I can totally relate to what you're saying. And I sort of want to say to our listener, if this sounds crazy to you, give yourself a half a day to do nothing, to go, I don't know, on a hike, go visit with some friends or something like that. And you will find in the second half of the day that you're much more efficient with your time. You're much more aware of what is important and what isn't by necessity. And it's kind of what we all need to start doing because otherwise the prevailing narrative will be stay busy. Mm -hmm. And it really can't be that. Particularly people of color, it just cannot be. It cannot be. It has to be a life of listening and learning and reveling in oneself and then learning about how you can share that with the rest of the world. Absolutely. I love that you had that time for that revelation through meditation and and slowing down too. Um, And I couldn't agree more with everything you just said. I was scared too. I got to tell you, I was like, (laughs) Oh my God, how am I going to keep up with everything? Right. Right. And sure enough, There's not a lot to keep up with. Like if you take care of the people with whom you're working, if you make sure, like you said, you're very good with boundaries and you know people around you know when you're around and when you're not, everything will flow. Yeah. Yeah. Everything will flow. I'm so grateful for your time. And I I feel like I would like to set ourselves up for a part two. I know that you're working on a book right now and... I would like to speak to you again when that book comes out and give it some real proper exposure. It's going to be so beautiful. Absolutely. I'd love to have a part two. I'm really excited to share this book too. It's definitely the best writing that I've done in my life. And I think it's the result of all the therapy and healing and tough conversations that I've had over the past two or so years. And so I'm very much so excited to share and would love to have Mm -hmm. that conversation. Yeah, I look forward to that tremendously. Of your most recent posts and offerings, and what do you find gets the most sort of reach 
And why do you think that is? And could you give us an example? Hmm. So two things. One, I have started to produce my own camera facing content, which is new for me. I am just now learning to have true confidence in my voice, not the thoughts that I have, but my actual voice and my ability to express those things on camera. And so I've gotten so much feedback and just conversation about how nice it is for people to hear me actually saying the things that I'm thinking as opposed to writing them and sharing them, Um, which of course serves a purpose, but being able to connect with folks and to talk to them on camera gives folks a different context for what I'm saying. So I've deeply appreciated that. And um, I feel like I've connected more with different people who wouldn't get as much just from my writing in itself. I've also found that my writing that feels more hopeful and um, authentically optimistic about what's possible when I have that sort of writing that is still vulnerable, that makes it clear that I'm not optimistic or or happy or positive 24-7, but does ultimately choose to bend the arc towards optimism and wanting to choose happiness. I think that combination of vulnerability and intentionality tends to resonate with people, tends to do well. You know, I I focus on Instagram and um, giving people just more, um, whether it's additional slides, fleshing out thoughts in the caption, giving people more than you know, a simple catchy quote and moving on, giving them depth, um, tends to do really well as well. That's good insight, actually. That's sort of like an insight that I can walk away with, that our listener can walk away with. But that's very interesting, you know? Sometimes I think to myself, when I do post, let's keep it brief Mm -hmm. so that we don't keep people, but I just got a whole different viewpoint and perspective on the fact that I come to you for teaching. I come to your page for understanding myself and understanding when things feel difficult. So, yeah, I get that. And I thank you for that insight. Yeah, really good. Sure. And I definitely appreciate your content as well. I love looking at your stuff too. I think a lot of us at certain times, we feel like we got to keep things brief and we almost rush ourselves off the stage. When in reality, yes, some people might scroll past, some might read quickly, but even if it's just 5%, if that 5% of people who see your stuff, they want to dig deeper, they want to learn more about the thoughts around what you're saying, that means a lot to those people. That is powerful to people who want that level of depth from you. That's a big opportunity that I, I don't think we should skip over, even if everybody is pivoting to TikTok. I am not pivoting to TikTok. (laughs) I am not pivoting to TikTok. TikTok, really, if Instagram felt like a very strange black hole, TikTok is like the worst possible largest black hole of all. It's more of an opportunity for it to be what you make it. You know, it could be terrible. um, It could be incredible. But it it offers just so much more connectivity. Um, It's the most aggressive choose-your-adventure social media platform of all time. All right. I'll take that. I'll take that. I'll stand corrected here. Yeah. However, I see friends of mine, high functioning, you know, people. They're like on TikTok for two hours a day, just scrolling. I see my kid scrolling through TikTok and I'm like, oh my God, how can we keep it so that it remains, 
you know, and I guess the answer is really just monitoring ourselves, but how can we keep it so that it remains this nourishing place of inspiration and not this black hole? Yeah, I hear you. I think a, a different thought that I have is that a lot of people need this mindless thing to scroll through and just look at whether you're talking about healing or health or decompressing. So much of what constitutes wellness doesn't have to be tied to being productive or getting things done. Now, please don't scroll eight hours a day and blame it on me. But if you need that half an hour to decompress and just mindlessly watch something um, and have your brain kind of pull in different directions, that could be part of somebody's wellness practice. That could be <laughs> somebody's way of escaping whatever is happening in their life. Set those app timers. <laughs> I have mine set. At one point, it was if I was scrolling for 10 minutes straight. That helped a lot. Um, now it's more so a daily limit. But um, those guardrails can be very, very important. Which app timer do you use? Whatever the iPhone system app timer is. Um, okay. Yeah, okay. It's, it's nothing special. I got it. Yeah, I stand corrected. Okay. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> if TikTok is a place, I was thinking back to when I was a lot younger, before I got rid of my television, I would come home at night in my late 20s and just turn the TV, like actual TV, there wasn't cable, you know, whatever it was, channel 247 for, you know, half hour, an hour and just get lost in some reruns. Mm -hmm. So that was my TikTok back then. I stand corrected. We are just getting lost in different things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, my it. kid has some immersive four-dimensional world to enter into when she gets out of school in like 10 years. I think it's weird, too, but that is generations. <laughs> that is. Yeah, let's see what happens. <laughs> let's see what happens. She's how old now? She is going to be, wow, she'll be 18 months old at the end of February. <gasps> wow. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is a big time. Yeah. Oh, it's a big, delicious time. It's also the time when the torso and the legs are the same length still. <laughs> yeah. The cutest. Absolutely. Oh, God. And then the legs start getting longer, and you're just like, wait, 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 wait. Wait, hold ready. on. I wasn't ready. Hold on. Yeah, she, um, she's in this big climbing phase now, and she's not quite clear on how gravity right. works when she wants to get back yes. down. And so yes. that's where we at. She'll get clearer on gravity as time goes on. Mm -hmm. I just want that to be an easy path to awareness and not the um, right. difficult right. requiring version. Exactly. Well, I send you all of my love, Mikkel. I'm so grateful that you came on the podcast. I feel like I learned a great deal here. I'm hoping that our listener did as well, and I look forward to our second uh, round together soon. Feeling is so, so mutual. Thank you so much for having me, sending love right back at you. Mm. And I learned some things from this too. Thank you for just a great conversation. Mm. Thank you so much. And anytime when that book comes out, if you ever want me to come around and do anything to promote that book, similar to what I did for Diego, you just say the word, I will come running. Absolutely. I'm going to reach out. Mm. Thank you so much. Thank you, and have a good rest of the day. You too, you too.
Thank you, AG1, for sponsoring the Practice You podcast. My listener, you've been hearing me talk about AG1 for some time. I think I've been taking it daily for almost three years. 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens in one scoop in the morning. The best way to start your day supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and longevity, the conversation of the moment. The taste is delicious. It's suitable whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It contains less than one gram of sugar. No nonsense in here at all. It's a multivitamin that your body will actually absorb. If you are wanting to make an investment in your health and longevity, AG1 costs you less than $3 a day, far less expensive, and definitely less time-consuming than many different supplements. Reclaim your health, arm your immune system with convenient, delicious daily nutrition. And since you listen to the Practice You podcast, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of immune-boosting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com forward slash Elena. Once again, that's athleticgreens.com forward slash E-L-E-N-A. Take ownership of your health, my listener. And thank you, Athletic Greens and AG1.